Welcome everyone to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. On today's episode, we have two topics that we're going to be covering with the amazing guest, uh, Catherine Hudson. So she's going to be sharing with us some things about ADHD and some things about addiction. So thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome, Catherine, for being on the show. I am so excited to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Randy. All right, so we are going to start with the easiest question out there, although I tend to think it's the hardest one, but tell us about you. About me? Oh my gosh, I could go on forever. <laughs> um, the short version. The short version. Um, I'm an international best-selling author of dark fantasy, urban fantasy, and sci-fi. Um, I live in Colorado with my husband and our four-year-old daughter. We also have two dogs. Oh, hold on, hold on. What kind of dog? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> Sadie is um, a Pitbull Mastiff mix, we think. We think. We don't even know how old she is. We don't even, like, if she was a rescue and we know nothing. <laughs> um, and Bruce Willis is half German Shepherd Black Lab and half um, Albino Gator Pit. So... All right. <laughs> All right, now you can continue. Sorry, sorry. When there's puppies involved, we have to have Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, we're in Colorado. Um, I, I write full-time, so it's my – it's not a 9-to-5 job or a 40-hour-week job. It's a bit more than that, but <laughs> I uh, – yeah. yes, I, I write my own fiction and I ghost-write fiction as well, and so that is that is my full-time job. My husband's a stay-at-home dad. Um. And we, we have lived in four different states in the last, oh my gosh, how long has it been? Eight years. Yeah. So we moved around a lot. And um, there you go. There's a short version. (laughs) Excellent. So when did you start writing? I started writing when I was 10. And um, that's, yeah, it's it's the same time that my parents got divorced. The same time, pretty much as far back as I can like remember yeah. from my childhood. So just, I came alive at 10 and writing happened to be a part of it. Awesome. That is so exciting. And what inspires writing? Cause you write some pretty interesting types of stories. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <You're> welcome. <laughs> most, most of the inspiration that I draw from is from my own life. Um, the experiences that I've been through. So I write a lot of very 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 dark things it's pretty much across the board my brand is very dark um there's always hope in there though because good good gotta have some hope. yes yes a little bit sometimes it doesn't always work out the way really anyone wants it to including me that's <laughs> that's <okay. laughs> um so you know i i draw on on a lot of my own past experiences um and i like to i like to focus more on uh creating real raw in-depth fully fleshed out characters um good that are yeah that are are relatable to everyone even if you know the majority of people have not found themselves in these situations (laughs) no i suppose not Mm -hmm. awesome all right so now we're going to jump down that rabbit hole of the main topic of our show all right so first tell us what kind of mental health we're going to be talking about today 
Yeah, we can. I'll put them out there, and you can zero in on one or the yeah, other. Yeah, we're gonna both. just doesn't yep. matter. <laughs> so I I do have ADHD, um, and I was diagnosed with that and started treatment with medication when I was twenty three. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't remember what year. Um, and uh, and I also am a recovering heroin addict. So drug addiction is also considered, you know, a disease and mental illness, and it's. It isn't just um, when you're using either. <laughs> so I've, I've been clean for almost 11 years now. Wow, congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. All right, so we're gonna start with ADHD and we'll see how far we get. I might have Perfect. to come back on the show to talk about the other stuff, but let, let's start in one spot. So you said 23, that's fairly late for a diagnosis. It is, yeah. Um, and I think it, I probably started I don't, well, I don't even know how late in high school is either, um, but probably start at the end of high school. And, you know, at that point I was <laughs> just so done with <laughs> like everything about high school. I wasn't paying attention to anything. Um, yep. And then, yeah. And then I started, you know, using immediately after high school and went through that whole thing. So um, I had been three years clean by the time I even learned to make the connections that this was a possibility and something that would be contributing to what I was going through. So okay. that's when I, yeah, I, I really, st things started getting very frustrating and difficult when I was 23 and someone had in passing told me like, Hey, maybe you should go like talk to someone about this. Cause this sounds like ADHD and, and it could be whatever. And that was what it was. So <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's good that somebody yeah. was there to be able to say, hey, maybe. Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, it was helpful. <laughs> so what, what kind of things were you struggling with then? The, the biggest thing at that point was that I could not turn my brain off. And not like, you know, going to sleep. <laughs> but the one thing would lead to the next, to the next, to the next. And I could never get anything done. So I, I wasn't married to my husband at the time, but we were living together and um, I was working food and Bev and I would come home and just be immediately like bombarded with all the things that had to get done. And so I would try to do these things um, and I wouldn't, I would never get anything done because I kept skipping from one thing to the next. Yeah. And it, it, it got really bad when I started having like almost daily panic attacks because of it. I couldn't handle oh, wow. not being so, able to control my environment that way. Yep. And then that's a whole other issue in and of itself at times. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I still struggle with panic attacks now, but the, I, I'm a lot better at focusing when I remind myself <laughs> it's time to focus. Hey, that's helpful. That's, Basically, what I spend my day when I'm not writing or not doing interviews, my youngest has well, autism and ADHD, and I spend the day going, all right, let's get back on track of the score. Right. Just remember. Oh, five minutes went by. Let's get back on track of the score. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I need to just record myself saying that. And I just hit play. <laughs> Loop it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your kid might not even know that it's not you saying it. Right? <laughs> I don't think he would even notice. Seriously. How old is how old is he? Fourteen. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. You. 
<laughs> I had my baby Oh, good for you. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, like, maybe as old as my kid, like, five or six, eight, maybe, you know. No, but no. That's no. awesome. <laughs> it's good, though, because now um, I also have the grandbaby, and babies are exhausting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forget. <laughs> I do. I was like, wow. How do people have babies in their 30s? I'm exhausted. I know. And I that was the thing too. Like my my sister-in-law and my well, my brother had a baby a while ago, but my sister-in-law just had a baby and she's older than me. And I'm already in my 30s. And I'm thinking, like, there's no, there's no way I could have done this yeah. in my 30s at all. Yeah. And it wasn't even that long ago for me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, all right, back on track. I'm by track. I get off track all the time, but that's what makes it a little more interesting. It brings a little more flair. Try to get it. <laughs> All right. So, what kind of coping skills do you use to stay on task? Yes, I I am a huge fan of lists. Which <gasps> me too. Yes, they work really well when I remember to refer to them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but I I write down the same list pretty much every day. There will be differences in terms of what I need to get done mm -hmm. during the day, but if I didn't get something done the, the days before, it will stay on the list. And I just yes. <laughs> always have that over and over and over until it finally gets crossed off. Um, yep. And then when I'm working during the day, because I'm writing all day long, um, yes. I set timers on my phone to go off at certain minutes so that I Mars. remember to take breaks. And then I also set timers to remind myself to get back into my chair at my computer and start again. <laughs> Very smart. Um, yeah, thank you. It took, I mean, it's been, it's been probably since I started realizing I needed this kind of structure. It's been about two years that I've been doing this. Okay, but good. You find what you work, what works, you know? So, exactly. Those yeah. are two really awesome tips for people. Good. I'm glad. Happy to share them. <laughs> And when I was reading your pre-interview questions, I saw that you mentioned headphones. Yes. <laughs> so tell us how Thank you, yeah. those are. Yeah, reminding me about those. So um, when I was in high school, that's when I really, really started hitting the ground running with writing. That's when I finished my first novels and wrote a bunch of stories. Decided I wanted to go to college for that. I used, I used to be able to sit in a public space, you know, at a park or Barnes and Noble, or a coffee shop, or the library, like anywhere with other people. Um, and I could just sit down and write. You know, I would have headphones in. I remember, I really miss the days when I could listen to Metallica albums as I was writing, <laughs> because I <laughs> I could drown out the lyrics, but I just yeah. love the music. Um, and now, I, I can't write in public spaces, um, because anything that moves <laughs> distracts me and I, I also have really bad social anxiety like when I'm trying to do something that's just me um okay. so I don't do that anymore but now I wear my headphones at home when I'm writing at the home office yeah. um and I wear those all day long and play music in them all day long so I don't hear the dogs barking and yep. car doors opening outside birds my daughter yes. my husband the dogs like there's always something everything. Oh, yeah. yeah everything even yeah if the if i can hear the fan from the bathroom downstairs it's like a big deal so yeah. i put in the headphones turn the music up loud enough that i can't hear myself typing 
-hmm. and then I just zone in and that really helps so much otherwise yeah that's a big huge help (laughs) and I I can't that's my thing too good yeah very similar I love lists I got the big whiteboard with all my lists on it (laughs) Um, then I have also my my mini lists I have right maybe too many lists um and then (laughs) headphones I actually got these so I have bluetooth ones when I'm out like walking my dogs but when I'm sitting at my computer, I don't know what it is, but I love to have the plug into the computer ones. Huh? I, I think it's my, like, it tells my brain it's time to work. Yeah, to sit down and plug yeah. in and get, yeah, that makes sense. You can't get up and go somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what it is. Because if I have the ability to get up and walk somewhere, I'm going to get up well. and I'm going to go somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's yeah. my thing. And I do the same thing. I turn it up pretty loud. Not Metallica. <laughs> I actually, I love, fine. I love the Panic at the Disco playlist on Spotify. I don't know who made it. I just, it just popped up on my thing the one day and I said, oh, I like that. And I clicked it. Nice. That's, that's my go-to now. Do you nice. have a certain go-to playlist? Um, I have different playlists depending on what genre of project I'm working on. Ooh, cool. Um, I, yeah, one of, one of them I'm listening to a lot right now is Lindsey Sterling playlist. Okay. So just a bunch of rock violin and like covers, but there are no lyrics on the ones that I have. So perfect. Yeah, that is my big. Yeah, I can't. I can't listen to lyrics anymore, which is awful. Otherwise, I I would listen to so many more things. But um, I've and I found you know like epic movie soundtrack playlists. So they do the job. You like you like that big sounding music it sounds like yeah well everything I write is like ah so it's true it's true yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about because I know you told us what genres you write Mm -hmm. Um, tell us a couple of things that you've written a couple of things I've written um a lot so just a couple yeah there's a lot just a couple (laughs) that most recently I have um the first three books out in um my urban fantasy series it's accessory to magic this is the witching vault, the cursed fae, and the secret coin. Um, this is it's dark urban fantasy action. I mean, it has some of everything in it too. <laughs> it's, um, lots of lots of yeah, adventure and action, and there's little murder mystery and um, a lot of humor, which you know, putting those two together makes it like a fun a really fun project um yeah and and these books are you know my little elevator pitch for the series is that a, um an apprentice witch with a criminal past inherits a magical bank that can think for itself and the clientele are almost as dangerous as what's inside their safety deposit boxes dum 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah and it gets it just gets crazier and crazier from there so. I love it. and I love the cover photo for it oh thank you you, you sent that along it was like this that's very cool yeah thank you very much You're welcome <laughs> anything that you want to tell somebody who's maybe not even diagnosed yet with ADHD but maybe they have an inkling that something is is a little different and they can't focus and stuff like that what would you tell them yeah. Well, if someone, someone who is kind of on the fence and wondering what's going on, I would, I would say the same thing that was told to me that got me to go say, just go speak to someone, you know, if you can and like figure out how to understand what it is that's going on. And, you know, it's, it's a big relief to find out that like 
there's a reason for feeling these certain things. And, you know, I, I beat up on myself a lot because I thought that I should have been able to handle all the things. Um, so that's what I would say. I would say, go, go talk to someone and see, you know, what your options are and, um, you know, to <laughs> take it easy on yourself. I didn't do that for a long time. And so, you know, no matter what your circumstance is or what it is, you know, that you're going through, it's not, it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Go easy on yourself. That is a really good point. I think yeah. a lot of times we think there is something wrong. We're broken. That's, that was my big thing. And I write about that a lot in my newer book, which is just like, I'm broken. I'm weak. But mm-hmm. like you said, we're, we're not. So no, not at all. Yeah. We're all just a little bit different. And there's, I would rather have that than <laughs> all being yeah. the same. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So you said that you had some heroin addiction and it was 11 yeah. years clean now, right? I remember yes. that right? Yes. yes, good work. I have a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that journey to getting to recovery. Oh, how to squeeze that into it. <laughs> I know, um, I'm sorry, but you can come back on the show and share more at another time. Perfect, sure. perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, no, so I, I um was going to college at the time and I went to um, CU Boulder here in Colorado for creative writing fiction. That was my major. And I had my whole plan mapped out. I was going to get my PhD and teach at the collegiate level. Um, uh, but uh, then I found heroin <laughs> and, you know, that was um, helped me cope with a lot of things that, you know, actually looking back on it probably had to do with starting to, uh, develop, I guess, you know, like symptoms of ADHD as well, and a lot of anxiety and a lot of dealing with life. I am not saying that that is the way to handle it. <laughs> uh, it's not just for anyone who's watching. Um, I love that disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, thank you. Um, and so, yeah, then I it, it got pretty bad, and so I got really really sick, um, and finally agreed to go to rehab. Um, I didn't actually get clean until five months after rehab because I, at the time, just didn't want to stop. Um, and then, and then I was arrested five months after rehab and charged with felony possession of a schedule one narcotic. And that I know I got jail time. I got, um, a whole, um, drug core like it's like a legal rehabilitation program you're not like at rehab but you know you have a probation officer and um you go to court and so it was a two-year thing um and the the idea of having a felony on my record for the rest of my life was what kicked me into gear because nobody wants that um so i took this program and went through it and graduated and then everything on my record was expunged so it's like it's just oh, that's amazing it's really yeah it's really fantastic and they they work so hard to help you know first-time drug offenders and it was it's was saved my life which is great Good. um yeah and so then yeah <laughs> that was when i when i got clean that was um yeah july of 2010 um wow. and yeah then i went on a bunch of adventures met my husband and didn't start writing and didn't know about my ADHD until 
years later. <laughs> okay. And how long were you using for? Um, about two and a half years. Okay. So, so it was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what made you go to the, like, before you got arrested, um, the recovery program, what made you go to that? Uh, well, I was, I had been, I'd been abusing my body for so long, um, that I went into the hospital. So I, you know, wasn't from an overdose. It was from me having burned out a quarter of my lungs and my oh. oxygen was at 67%. Yeah. I was also smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. It's just not, <laughs> not anything I would recommend for anyone. Yes. Another disclaimer. Don't do that. Yes. No, don't do those. <laughs> um, and so I was in really bad shape and, um, I spent five days in the hospital. Um, and then, you know, I was approached by the family to say, you need help and we want you to go to rehab. And I went, meh. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> they sort of did like a little intervention for you then. Yeah. And I just was like, whatever. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> that, that was my whole attitude at the time about everything. Yeah, you also weren't ready to, yeah. yeah. You weren't ready to change yet but they were ready for you to change. And that's why it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah yep. I think that's a big thing. So in college, I had to do a placement for my program and I did it at a drug and alcohol recovery house. Oh, And cool. that was one of the biggest things because some of the guys had been in and out of there multiple times. Mm -hmm. And the ones that had done that would talk to the new guys and say, look, unless you're ready for this, it's yeah. not going to stick. So right. stop pissing around. Right. Be ready or give the bed up to somebody else. Right? Exactly. So I'm, I'm from Canada. So everything's um, OHIP covered. So we only have X amount of beds. And if we're full, we're full. We can't right. take anybody else. Right. So it's one of those things that some of the guys that had been through it, they're like, hey, I took a bed from somebody. I feel bad about that now. But now I'm right. ready to change. Yeah. I'm coming back. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. Sometimes it takes. Yeah multiple times. It does. Exactly. That was one of the biggest lessons that I learned from going through my school programs and then talking to them is that the road to recovery is not a straight line. Oh no. <laughs> you, you fall off the wagon, you go, you go and use again. Then you try to get clean again. You fall off the wagon, you use, you get clean again. And it's eventually you hit that, most of them call it rock bottom. So mm -hmm. for you, that felony charge potential. Yeah. Right? it was yours, which is great because at least you found it fairly quickly. There's some people that I know that I'm hoping that we'll find there soon. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was, was lucky that it didn't take me very long. Yeah. Um, maybe I was just on a, you know, really fast, fast track. <laughs> yes. I, I went hard. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing way better now. So that's good. Yes. Yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, what, so you said that you started using when you were in college, did you end up finishing college? No. And I, I started using before I graduated high school. So there's, okay. you know, little all the periods in there. Yeah. I, I did not graduate college. Um, I had about, I had a year left okay. <laughs> and then I had to go to rehab. So I had to withdraw and I never went back. Um, and so that was, you know, it was always kind of in the back of my mind of like, this is something I want to go back and do because I never finished. And like, why? Um, then I met my husband and we moved around and I found myself 
on the road to doing what I need to do now. And I work for myself and I work from home and I'm writing way more than I would have been if I stayed to get my PhD and to teach. It's true. And, so maybe that was yeah. for the best. It, it, it was like all the things that have happened. I, I don't regret any of them happening um, because I am where I am now. And I, I have learned how to go through things like that and help other people, hopefully, <laughs> if I can. Yes. So whenever, I don't know if you still have cravings or anything like that, but definitely when you first got clean, I'm sure that you had lots of cravings. How did you definitely. deal with those? Um, I was actually, I was in 12-step programs. So I, I mean, there were points where I would go to three meetings a day. And um, when I when I had um, gotten arrested and then started this whole recovery thing, I was in a completely brand new town. I didn't know anyone. Um, I was court ordered to move there because that was where I had gotten arrested and I lived oh, okay. like an hour and a half away. So I had to move there. So it was like completely brand new. Um, fortunately, I didn't have like the uh, temptation of going to spend time with all the other people that I had been spending time with when I was using. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, if I really had wanted to, I could have found whatever I want, you know, um, but I didn't. So I poured myself into, um, these 12 step programs and I was living in a sobriety house for the first six months, I think. Um, and I was just surrounded by people who for the most part wanted the same thing I did. Which is um, helpful, yeah. Yes, it is. And who also understands, you know, what it's like to be an addict or an alcoholic and to struggle with this and to try to get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was probably I mean, really <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind beyond no, I wasn't even working out then. I wasn't. No, that's what I did. I went to a meeting. <laughs> the only that's thing good. that helped. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. So yeah. what would you tell somebody right now who is struggling with their own addictions? What would you tell them? I mean, I would say um, go to a 12-step meeting and just <laughs> there you go. try it, right? Surround yourself with people who understand. I think, you know, one of, one of the hardest things about being in active addiction, whatever it happens to be, it doesn't have to be a substance, um, is, you know, feeling like nobody else gets it. You know, that's, that's one of the, um, one of the things they talk about in, in those 12 step programs is that the, the drinking or the drug use or whatever happens to be is just a symptom of, you know, disease and mental illness of addiction. Um, and so that's what, you know, it's, it's underneath all of it. It's not about what you're doing. It's about why you feel like this is the only thing that can help you and working through that. So, I mean, I got tons of free therapy in those 12 step meetings. That's good. Yeah, no. Very pricey. (laughs) I would say that that, that is probably, uh, the first thing you know or if you I mean they have virtual meetings for all those now anyway so they're they are available for the most for most accessible. people yeah they are um and beyond that you know find someone to talk to 
mm-hmm. you don't have anyone to talk to. There's, you know, I, I have discovered that people, maybe not so much family, <laughs> because, you know, they have skin in the game when yes. if their loved one is really going through this. Yeah. Um, but I found that most other people in most other, you know, professional capacities, really anywhere, um, are very, very open and supportive of, oh my gosh, this is something that you're struggling with. Okay, is there anything I can do to help? Or I'm just here to listen, or, you know, do you need resources? I know people. And mm-hmm. and that was actually very surprising because no one ever expects that <laughs> to come from, you know, others around you. Um, yeah. So, you, know, you never know in reaching out. And I was very lucky to have a lot of people in my corner. That's fabulous. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. My cat is here. <laughs> being a little turkey. Hi, baby. <laughs> um, so where can people find your books? Yeah. Um, my website is katherinehudsonfiction.com. Um, the, about half of my books are available as eBooks, you know, across the board. Um, Amazon, Barnes Noble, Apple, Kobo. Um, and then some of them are, are in Kindle Unlimited, so they're just on Amazon. But all of my paperbacks can be found at all of those places, wherever good books are sold. And um, then did you want my, my social media stuff? Yeah, that was going to be my next Going question. into the spiel. Where yeah. can people follow you? <laughs> they're always meshed together. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Facebook. Facebook. I'm on Facebook at Catherine Hudson Fiction and Instagram at Catherine Hudson Fiction. And on Twitter at exquisitely dark, and I can also be emailed. I love emails at um, author at kathinhudsonfiction.com. Excellent, and I will put all of the links down below in the description so you can give Catherine some likes and follows and emails because she loves getting them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any last things that you want people to know? I said all the things. Put them you out did, there. You said a lot of things. I do, I do that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, that's all right. We, I had fun. So thank you so much for being on the show. I am so happy to have had you. Thank you for having me. This is a really great time. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Catherine gave some amazing tips and yeah, go and talk to somebody. That is a recurring theme here on the show, right? go and talk to somebody, find support outside of yourself. And remember, the only way that we can end the stigma of mental health is to speak honestly and openly. Hit that like and subscribe button down below. Make sure you check out the description for all of Catherine's links. And I will talk to everybody next time. Bye!